This is a production of the GSD Podcast Network. And from the heart of North America, it's time to answer the burning question, what the hell does Mike Bisson do? This community economic development podcast is part of the GSD Podcast Network. And now, you know him, you love him, you like to live without him, Mike Sisson. Welcome back to another episode of WTH, Mike Thyssen Do, the economic development podcast that is solutions-oriented, providing insight on how might a community be best prepared when there is a knock on their door for growth. And speaking of which, I do want to talk about community, and I kind of want to hit it hard on this episode, because when we really talk about how communities grow, we really need to look at um, uh, their preparedness. Does Is a community really prepared so that uh, their local economic developer has the tools in their toolkit to do business expansion um, and also business retention and, and uh, attraction. Um, a community naturally wants to grow their population because it grows their tax base and it uh, puts more uh, resources into their budget to where they can be more flexible in uh, doing the kind of activities that they do. There's a lot of challenges out there, and I have seen in the past 10 or 15 years the challenges are getting even greater. Budgets are getting cut, and when you look at how local officials are getting elected, um, they really have to educate more themselves on not just running for jobs, jobs, jobs. It's more when you get that office, when you, when, for instance, a mayor, when a mayor gets that office, all, some mayors don't even realize that they, had, that they just adopted an enterprise. They have to worry about infrastructure. They have to worry about safety. And then all of that aside, and you have to donate, uh, you have to devote a lot of that budget ton of that budget to the enterprise and the safety, the stuff that, that maybe your citizens don't necessarily see day to day, to uh, and then the rest of it, that very small, minute left, what's left, you got to go into placemaking, which includes parks and rec, includes business attraction, how that, how that works. And in the, uh, as I said, in the past 10 or 15 years, I've seen a lot of challenges to where, um, you know, between the federal and the state uh, 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 decision-making uh, their resources are dwindling, and so what does that do? That goes down to the communities to where it forces the communities to cut their budgets. I've seen some communities had to cut anywhere from 74 to 80% of their budget in order for them to come into compliance, and uh, that's, that's very challenging. Um, but also, there's a, uh, it also forces a different conversation with the community, uh, a, a conversation of maybe sustainability or what does a community really want? What makes sense and what make, and what fits? Sometimes a community uh, might be looking for that one big company that comes and saves the day with, you know, thousands of, with a thousand jobs. But what happens if a community focuses on or an economic developer focuses on 10 companies of 50 jobs each? That way, if one of those companies goes away, you still have a net gain of 450. So it's, it's kind of a, a shifting of a paradigm with communities and, and where we're at. But um, there's a lot of best practices out there uh, in, in the country in terms of uh, how might a community be best prepared for that knock on the door, which is, which is what I'm trying to accomplish. Um, and uh, one of those best practices happens to be in Huntingburg, Indiana. And my guest today is uh, the mayor of Huntingburg, Indiana, Denny Spinner. 
and uh, I'm bringing him on to uh, introduce himself, and uh, uh, we'll get going with a probably good and frank conversation, and we'll talk about some best practices, because Huntingburg has a terrific story to tell. Um, dare I say a stellar story to tell, and I'll, I'll let the mayor do, uh, tell about that. So uh, welcome, Mayor Spinner. I appreciate you coming on the, on the episode. I appreciate being here. Thank you, sir. And uh, would you uh, kind of describe a little bit what, uh, like the population of Huntingburg okay. and where you might have been, you know, maybe before you got there? And okay. Huntingburg, so tell your story. Hunting, Huntingburg, Indiana is in southwestern Indiana. We're a community of about uh, 6,000 people. We've been a community of about 6,000 people for about 15 years. Okay. Uh, so, you know, there was, and Huntingburg uh, was, was in a very vibrant area. Of, uh, we had a good economic uh, status in our county. We, we had a lot of good industry going. We had a lot of uh, opportunities in front of us, but we were really pretty stagnant. We were, we hadn't seen a lot of growth and we had a, a lot of challenges of uh, how do we grow? What is our niche in, in the market? So, uh, you know, when we came into office, uh, I guess we brought a little bit of a different attitude about how can we, how can we identify what our assets are and leverage those to, to the best of our ability. So I guess, you know, the, the, our story starts with, uh, you know, our recognition that our, we had a strong community, but I don't think we had a really good handle on what are the things that we can rally together as a community to, to, to identify our strengths right. as well as our right. weaknesses. So, so really, um, I keep hearing this part of, um, part of a solution is actually realizing that you actually have a challenge. Right. Right. And so, we, and then we, what is that challenge? Yeah, we, we, we knew that there was, you know, uh, there was an opportunity, but there were things that we, we maybe didn't have in place. Okay. So, uh, so my goal as we came into office, uh, I ran on a campaign of, of one of the things that I wanted to, to establish was prog- prog- progress and pride. That was kind of what I okay. talked about. So what does that mean when, you know, when, as you mentioned, as, as you started the, this, this podcast, you know, when, when a mayor gets into office, and I had never been in elected mm-hmm. office before, you know, the, the, the day-to-day things that had to be done yeah. still had to be done. So, so how do we take that, you know, keep our focus on that, but still move the needle to, in, a, in that way to get the community to grow? And as a community, Huntingburg it did have a lot of, of things going for it, but I don't think our own citizens had a good handle on what those things were. Nor did we have a really good handle on what were the really shortcomings that we had. You know, when you drive down Main Street every day, Mm-hmm. You don't see that great thing that's sitting there, nor do you see that really ugly thing that's that's a block away. Right, but to someone who's never been there, yeah. But to somebody, yeah. somebody who's yep. never been there, they'll drive down the street and go, "What is yep. this?" You know, yep. and, or "Wow, look at that!" Right, and you know? I, I, did, I did that a lot when I was with the state. I, yeah. Any community I go into, I'm like, "Wow, there's some great bones here." Yeah, it's crazy yeah. good bones. And then when I go into a meeting, it's you know, yeah. And it, so, really. so I think you know that was part of our. The first thing, one of the first things we did when we got into office is, is you know, again, this is kind of a, 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 a basic course, but, but one of the things that, that I wanted to do was give the community an opportunity to have an open conversation and say, here are the things that we're doing well and here are the things that we are, challenge, are challenged by. And we had a series of what we called Reviving the Pride Listening okay. Sessions. Right. Where we had had a series of meetings around town in various locations, where the folks came in. I stood up and said, "I'm here to listen." And we had a facilitator with with go through what are the the best things about okay. town, what are the, the worst things about town, and then we had if we could do anything, 
what would we do? So, so we, we, we created a conversation that allowed the people in our community, those who have been invested in our community for a long, long, long time, and we also were fortunate to get a lot of people who maybe were new to the community that didn't have a, that, that already conce- conception of who we were, that sure. were, were thinking outside the box a little bit sure. and said, why can't we do this? Well, it also sounds like that you didn't tiptoe around the challenges. No. Like you hit them head on. And so did that, did that garner more uh, citizen interest? Because it sounds like Absolutely. You, had to, you had to rally the troops. And it, it, sort of... it, again, it really did bring, uh, it, it, after the, the first couple of yeah. sessions, you know, there was some, some trepidation or some, you know, what, what's, what's he trying to do? Yeah. <laughs> what's going on here? But after the first session or two, it, it kind of the word kind of got out that, yeah, we are, we are really listening. Well, there, there is a chance to go out and, and, and talk about this. And, and as that conversation continued, we took that first series of conversations and had a, had a report back to our city council and said, here's the list. Yeah. And then now, now that we had that list of what are the goods, what are the bads, and what are the possibilities, we could really have a, a focused conversation on those things. And that's sure. when we started bringing the community together. Those who were at those meetings, you know, we reached back out to them and said, okay, you said we can do this. Help us get there. How do we get right. there? What are, what are the things we can do? What are the assets that we have that we can leverage to get us to this, sure. to this point? I assume that also helped uh, that dyna- the dynamic between you as the leader of the community and the council. Yes. Well, so. I, I, I got when, when I was elected, it was really kind of a unique election as well. I was elected, had never served in an elected office at all. We have a five-member council. Four of the five members that were elected at the same time I were had never served in public office. Oh, okay. So four out of the five city council and the mayor had it's almost like a blank slate. Had, ne- had yeah. never had never well, been in office. So it was it was a great thing. Mm-hmm. In in many ways, we weren't burdened by what we had done in the past, right. and we'd always done it this way. But let me tell you, the first meeting we didn't know how to pass a motion. I mean, it was, there were there were four guys at the council and a mayor who didn't know. You know, okay, so what do we do next? And right. the, the attorney had to say, okay, right. well, this is next. Okay, oh. okay. So, so yeah, so there was there was good and bad to that. But we, we I saw it, and but but working together as a council, but all of them were were really great citizens, good. who were interested in what was going on, who bought into the idea that well, this is a time in our community's uh, life mm-hmm. when we can really move the ball we can make sure. we can make some progress sure and um you know in full disclosure I, I think huntingburg is not any different than a lot of these other communities especially when it comes to aging infrastructure right. and crumbling you know a, 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 a physical crumbling things yes, that, that you absolutely. can see so one of our part one, of those, one of our biggest challenges right in the middle of our heart of our downtown we had a 120 year old water line yeah and it was like what do you how is this economic development? Right. <laughs> why, 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 and it was it was a political football. I mean, no nobody wanted to a, a, approach this. Well, I imagine lots of years of kicking the can down the road. It was a lot of it. It and talks it, about another episode of yeah. mine, so, <laughs> kicking the can down the road. Right. So, um, so, so uh, let's do a little drill down. So okay. you you identified some some projects or some 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 uh, goals right. to to accomplish. Um, what specifically were, and how were you able to harness that and get get people around it? Well, we we started with with that, that those listening sessions. The next thing we did, we went to uh, the state of Indiana has a uh, an organization. I think you were there at the time was, that that helps with uh, downtown revitalization studies. There was fundings available to do a, a, a complete study of what are are the real needs in our in our immediate downtown. So sure. we got some funding to to do a downtown revitalization study. 
we in the state of Indiana, you're required to have a comprehensive plan. Well, we didn't have a comprehensive plan okay. that was up to date. So we, we the comprehensive plan involves a lot of listening as well and a lot of planning. So we, we, we use those, those three elements to really, as a community, set out the goals of what we wanted to achieve. And I think what one of the things that we had was we had some infrastructure. That was a challenge. There were there were pieces and parts that that had we had to be in place. We had to invest in ourselves in order for us to invite others to invest. If you wanted to, if we had a eight a hundred twenty year old water line in the main downtown district, how could I invite someone to come down into the downtown and they say, "Well, how's your how's your utilities?" Yeah, Ooh, I got you know, yeah. I couldn't I couldn't look them in the face and say, "Hey, everything's great." Right. So so there there was structural things that we had to do to to invest in ourselves mm-hmm. in order to bring additional investment in. But there were also great opportunities, things that we had never looked at before that, that, that were chan- to, 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 to look at things in a different way and leverage the assets we had. I mean, I, I, I had a good deck to play with. We had a s- pretty good financial situation. Okay. The city was financially stable. The, the predecessors, everybody who had sat in the seat before me mm-hmm. had done a tremendous job of managing the economics of the city. So okay. there was were economic resources that we had, and, in, and we had uh, we have a TIF district in Huntingburg, okay. and there were resources in the TIF district that were sitting there that hadn't been fully utilized. Okay, so we had we nice had we had areas. some money in our economic development income tax area that okay. that had been there, but you know it was a conservative, very conservative approach, saying, well, you know, we're saving this for the rainy day. Well, it was raining. Yeah. So, so, so we, we had, we, we, we had, and I had a council again that was willing to take the political risk of saying, we've got these funds. How are we going to invest them in ourselves in the, the proper way that would really spark growth in our community? So what would you say to a mayor who came in, who comes into a, a new community, who gets into office and, and maybe they're not in such a finance or maybe they are in a financial right. security, please. Cause in the Midwest, a lot of uh, communities have done this uh, sort of scrimping and saving. And so what would you say to a mayor about who might be a little apprehensive in taking that step, who might want to just sort of let things kind of build up and it's raining? Well, I, I, I guess, you know, that kind of goes back to the statement that, that I, uh, I said earlier and build on that a little bit. We took the approach that whatever we had in our, our resources to invest in ourselves, we were willing to take that risk to invest our resources that would allow us to grow. Yeah. So I mean, I, I would say you, you need to do a good study of of who you are. What is the right thing for your community, and don't be hesitant to put the money on the table to to, sure. to make that happen. Because what you our experience has been, uh, we we rolled the dice on a few things, but we had great because we had brought the community together before to say. This is where we want to go. When we we made that that investment, or we rolled the dice on sure. a couple of things, the community was behind us. Right. There was there's always naysayers, but the majority of the community was behind us, and we're saying, yeah, this is something that we need to do. So I, I think building of the community, identifying your assets and your resources, mm-hmm. and utilizing them to the, their maximum oh. are things that that. More, they're going, some mayors are going to have more resources than others, right. but but I believe you, we all have resources. There are all things that we can do. There's all strength in our communities, or we wouldn't be a community. Right. Why are people here? 
You know, you, th- there's a reason right. why you live in a small community or a large community. Right. There are assets there. There are positives to this community, or you wouldn't be there at all. So mm-hmm. what are those things? And how can we identify, once we have those identified, how can we leverage those? Right. And the, the, the community, if they recognize those as your assets, they're going to they're going to they're going to rally behind right. you, I believe. And to not be afraid to try yeah. try new we, things because we, we tried. <laughs> yeah. Well, and, and uh, I'm going to bring in another piece to this okay. and have you and have you kind of uh, elaborate a little bit. Okay. But, you know, from the state of Indiana's point of view, right. they were also kind of rolling the dice and taking some risks too. Because one of the questions they had is how could agencies, state agencies work better together in maybe pooling resources and providing a little more value add to communities along the way that communities are trying to figure out. Um, so they they um, they decided to take um, a little bit of a risk and roll the right. dice and see what see, and pilot something out there. And I, right. I, I think you kind of reaped a little bit of the benefit of Absolutely. that. So um, if you want to talk a little bit about that program. The, and the Stellar Communities Program uh, started in the state of Indiana and in 2011. I think it was the first year of, of, of the Stellar Communities Program. And as you described it, there, a number of, of agencies in the state came together and, and asked the question, to communities, if you had uh, a, a number of resources available to, to, to the, from the state of Indiana, what, how would you transform your community? Take a big look at the picture. You know, what's what's the big dream out there? If you had resources beyond the normal resources that you had of working with the state of Indiana, what would you do? So if the, the the Stellar Communities Program allowed that. It was it was a program that communities were required, and and the steps that we took. Uh, you know, I didn't. I didn't know that much about the Stellar Communities Program when we started all this. But all the steps we were doing were things that fit well with what the Stellar Communities Program in Indiana was trying to achieve. They wanted communities to take a good look at themselves. What are your assets, and what are the things that you can you can uh, leverage to to get substantial growth? And a little infusion of of cash can can make the big sure. difference or even just sort of a gap or or fill in the gap yeah. between this and that would 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 make this project or this thing work for the community so huntingburg i think was and i i will say this there was there's not a better program there was not a better fit for the city of huntingburg and how we wanted to achieve things than the state of indiana's stellar communities program and i will say on the other side of the world there was not a better city to see what a stellar community yeah. program for the state of indiana would look like than huntingburg it was we were we were a great match seemed like it was a great match it was a great match yeah. so so what we did is with the stellar community programs you were in, re, required to do a strategic investment plan where you identified projects but you also high, had to identify how you would fund the projects what are your resources? What what is the public partnerships that you can create? The private partnerships that you can create to move these projects forward, and we had a variety of projects from from the very basic infrastructure projects that we talked about to to big dreams. You know, we have an area in our downtown that was a parking lot, and that's one of those things you drive by every day, and it was a parking lot. Well, somebody in these hearings, uh, in these meetings that we had, said. What if we had festivals in the parking lot? What if we created a community gathering space in this this area rather than just have a parking lot in the middle of downtown? And so we dreamed and we, we yeah. thought about it. And you, all of a sudden it became this 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 grand park that we're planning as as a great gathering space for for our town that would provide a farmer's market and a, and a performance pavilion and an open green space for people just to gather in. 
And and as the dream started realizing it, said, could we have gotten that dream going without the stellar infusion? Probably not. Yeah. Probably not. But that allowed us to dream and allowed us to dream in a way that we said, we can do this with this little extra from the state, with this little support that we get from Indiana. We can bring together the resources to make a transformational effect in our downtown. One of our biggest issues in, in Huntingburg was workforce. Uh, we are blessed with a low unemployment rate, but we have a great challenge of we have a number of jobs available in our community and no affordable yes. housing. That's from a, uh, another episode. Yeah, we're talking about that. Yeah, we it's have a happy problem. It's a it's a it's a it's a great problem, but yeah. it's a problem nonetheless. How do yeah. we continue to support? They, we had a great industrial base, and and if we don't supply the workforce to them, they're going to yeah. start looking somewhere else. Yep. So, and and our biggest struggle was we didn't have affordable housing in the in the areas you know rental or or for for buy for purchase properties that would attract the type of workforce that we needed. So that was a problem that we put squarely on the table uh, with a part of our stellar approaches. How do we attract developers to a town of six thousand people yeah. that would put in? A, a major housing project, which had never, you know, that that's not the model in, in, no. <laughs> that we had. And so, we're talking like market rate housing. Market rate housing. Yeah. How, how do oh. we we entice a developer to do to do something in a community our size that has probably never been done before? Because there's a, there's a risk involved again. Sure. So what do we put on the table that that helps eliminate some of that risk? And and you know, it's 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 not a lot of. It, as I look back on it, it wasn't a remarkable thing. It's economic development one-on-one. You know, if you, if you try to, to attract the smokestacks, which is what everybody thinks right. about. When, so when we're attracting a communi- a, 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 an industry to our town, what are the things we have to have? Well, we have to have land, and we have to have infrastructure, mm-hmm. and we have to have some sort of incentive. Right. Okay, those are the things that you want to those do. Those are the basics. Those are the basics. Yeah. So we took that, we, we looked at that and said, well, what, are we, what, what is our need? We don't need that next industry. We need housing. So what do we need? We need land. Yeah. We need infrastructure, and we need incentives. Yeah. And we took that same model and applied it to the workforce, a development side of yep. things. And in other words, placemaking. Placemaking. Yeah. And and we have to have a reason to move here. Yeah. You know. So the park is one of the reasons why this person might move here because we've got a nice place where mm-hmm. you can take a walk with your family and go spend an evening or an afternoon and. And get some, you know, enjoyment. There's events going to go happen there on a regular basis that that add to the quality yeah. of life. But to make that developer come in and say, "Yes, I'm going to build homes in your community to do that," we we looked at this in the same way that you would look at any other industry, and sure. we 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 found land. We had a, we had a great partner. We had a, a available tract of land in town that we were able to work with the owner and said, "Listen, this this can happen," and right. they worked with us. And the next the next step was okay. Was about the infrastructure. Well, we worked with our utilities and said, "What can we put on the table to to make this happen?" And we put together that same type of economic development package you would put together to to, to attract anything to your right. community. And it and it, it started to pay dividends. Yep. And to me, that's a unique project. Yeah, you know, instead of attracting the the because um, you know, as I mentioned in, in uh, and I don't know where the episode will, will fall in my yeah. in my line, but we talked about talent attraction. Yeah. And economic developers are really waking up to that. Yes. So instead of, in, of, of maybe looking at business attraction, you look at talent attraction. And you just described one of the most perfect projects that could, that could attract talent right. in terms of, you know, 
you know, we, we, we worked with our local economic development organization, and they did a d detailed housing study for our entire, entire county. But it, it identified where the gaps in the market were. And, and there was a, a, a gap in the market that we felt our community could fit exactly in. The, 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 the range of houses that we needed to attract the, the type of workers that we needed, there was a place where we could provide that if we had the right things in place. And, and we really were focused on, on that. And, uh, you know, when, when we made the investment, uh, as part of Stellar, we identified this as one of our goals was workforce housing. And we had a half a million dollars available in city funds to say we're going to invest this <coughs> in, the in infrastructure, in infrastructure yeah. to, to do this. So, you know, there were a lot of naysayers and there yeah. were a lot of questions. We're going to put a half a million dollars into what? You know, right. and, and there's no guarantee everybody anybody will ever come. Right. But we rolled the dice. <laughs> we right. came and we, we put the infrastructure in place and we we brought in there was a developer that said, Yeah, you know, that half million dollars is gonna make a big difference on my investment in 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 what I can do to bring right. ha bring my product to your community. Yeah. And so, you know, it, we we rolled the dice a little bit, we made an investment, we mm -hmm. took we took a chance. Uh, and it's paying off. You yeah. know, we, we've opened a brand new housing development in, in that area in the last year. And uh, houses are popping up and they're continuing Good. to grow. So yeah. and it's and it's and the, we had great support from our industries as well. They came to the table as partners and helped us to identify what exactly was the housing need. Yeah. If, if what are, what are your employees need? The ones that are driving 50 miles a day right now. Why aren't they living here? Right. What do they need? So we did surveys, and we asked the, the workers, "What do you, if, if you were going to move to Huntingburg, what would it take? And they said, well, I need a house that has this. Uh, you know, one of the big struggles in rural, in rural communities across the nation is broadband and yeah. connectivity. And we saw that as we, we've got to solve that problem. It, it, I, I look at, at, at broadband as, as, as a utility. Yeah. You know, what when you when you come to a community, any community when you're moving, you're expected to have gas, water, sewer, electric, and you can you know nowadays broadband's right there. You got to have connectivity. Yeah. There, there, if you don't have it's that, it's just like paying your telephone bill. Yeah. You're you're, yeah. you're not you're not gonna you're not gonna attract new people to your community or keep people in your community. You know, if you said, well, we have gas, water, and sewer, but I'm sorry, we don't have any electricity. Yeah. Uh, you know, no, nobody's going to come to your right. town. Well, you know, to me, connectivity is one of those things you have mm -hmm. to have to to be to 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 be in the game. Certainly, and there were challenges to that in a rural community in Southern Indiana, but we were able to, you know, again mm -hmm. take our vision, I guess, and go talk to our local telco and say, listen, if 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 you're willing to make the investment in this, I think this will mm -hmm. really take off. And we had a progressive uh, uh, group that looked at it and said, let's yep. make the investment. Yep, because at the end of the day, what you really is investing in the kids. Absolutely. And in the yeah. next generation. It's yeah. not about, you know, you or me. Yeah. It's about the next generation. So Absolutely. So you've got a ton of stuff in the short time that you've, <laughs> you know, a, a ton of projects. So so um, what's next? What's 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 the – I, I – is, is – yeah, what's what's next? Is there some sustainability built into this? Or? Yeah, and that, and that's one of our one of our our biggest challenges was uh, you know is sustainability. Mm -hmm. How do how do we if we're going to build all this if we're going to do all these things, how do we sustain it? Mm -hmm. And one of the approaches that we took 
uh, was to we we completely. I think most communities have some sort of a foundation. So uh, you know a a, 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 a you know, in, in Indiana, I think every county has a community foundation of some kind. Yes. I think that's part of the DNA. Yep. And, and I think that's that's not uncommon across the, across the country. No, I mean, uh, Nebraska has some great best practices with their community foundations right. and stuff. So, so, yeah. so one of the things that we did is we partnered with our community foundation and said, let's talk about the long term. Let's not talk about, yes, we, if we have enough money to build these projects and get them done, how are we going to sustain these without putting a great burden on on the taxpayer for the long term? Well, so, so we created an endowment in, within our, 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 our local foundation, the Stellar Communities Endowment, where we invited our industries and all the people that are around us, the individuals around mm-hmm. us who had the, to, to contribute to the foundation to support the Stellar Project. Oh, that's awesome. So, so like, when we, yeah. when we, so, so the, the money that our, our investors were giving were not being given to the city of Huntingburg. Right. They were given to the community foundation in a trust and an endowment that would support long. So we set it up initially as our, our first phase was this, any donation given to the Stellar Foundation, 60% of that was going to go towards building the projects. But forty percent of your your contribution was going to sustainability. Yeah. We had a goal of one point eight million dollars. So a million dollars was going to go to projects, and eight hundred thousand will go to sustainability right. of all these projects. So the dividends from the endowment will continue. Will we'll continue to roll. For, yep. And so, so to me, as well, I look back, as I'm looking back at, yeah. at what is the the accomplishments of Stellar, part of it is going to be you can see physical things mm-hmm. happening. Right. But part of it is that there's going to be a long term sustainability fund available for a small community to help offset some of those tax increases that sure. you might see coming. Well, and also help with the things that you might not see, might not see, but coming. you absolutely need, but like, you absolutely have as we go back, the right. basic part of yeah. infrastructure, basic infrastructure. Yeah, absolutely. So, so, and then, so we, we leverage that even more in the park that I talked about when we, we, we cut the ribbon or uh, the groundbreaking ceremony for the park, which uh-huh. is a, was a, uh, came out to be about a $3 million project. Sure. On the day that we we uh, broke ground for the park, we had three of our local uh, industries and and banks come to come to the table with us. And on the day we we broke ground, we announced there's a six hundred and twenty thousand dollar endowment for that park that wow. will pay for when the the benches need to be replaced or something well, happens five years from now. If I was a citizen, I think that would look at that and go, you know what. I'm jumping on board. Yeah, and and that's what's happening. Yeah. I mean, more people are saying if I'm, you know, we're we're creating an environment where you're willing to invest your money right. in what we're doing, and the citizens that are are part of our community that have always been, you know, the rocks, I guess, of the community, the sure. foundations that we were built on, the families that have been there for a long time, mm-hmm. are all saying we're, we're in. We can yeah. do that. And newcomers are coming in and say, look, this is a community that that knows how. To invest in itself and to create an energy that that wasn't there before, so we've been. I mean, and, and, and I, I'm not. I've got a great team. I mean, I'd rather be lucky than good. I've been real lucky. Yeah. We, we, we've had some great ideas. We've taken some chances, and things have worked for us. But but there's some risk we take that, that you know we're, we're still waiting to see. Sure. So there's still you know, some everything has best practices and yeah. lessons learned. Yeah. And, and, and all that and. Um, uh, you know, I want you to stick around for a second because okay. I'm going to do um, what I call what, what Mike Thyssen is high on. <laughs> and because I want to talk a little bit about a community that you and I are both okay. aware of. Super. But, but um, uh, what I want to do is I want to encourage the listeners to 
uh, at least get on uh, the Huntingburg website or even come out and visit Huntingburg, Indiana. Well, uh, um, in i got to say this real quick. Yeah. If you search for Huntingburg, you're going to find us. Yes. We so. are the only Huntingburg. We are a city like no other. That's right. That's right. So um, what's the website? Do you know what the website www. is? www.huntingburg-in.gov. Search for Huntingburg, you'll find us. Okay. We're the only Huntingburg. Great. And are you on Twitter? The mayor is. Okay. Do you want to do your Twitter handle? HBG Mayor. Okay. Is my Twitter HPG Mayor yeah. and uh, and don't forget to jump on the website or you know burn burn um, burn a little time and, and come out to Dubois County Indiana to Huntingburg and really look at what uh, what a transformational part of the community is and shop in their shops and contribute to local economic health and the great thing is you know I, I can't say without you know we're we're in, in Dubois County Indiana we have got a great partner to the north of us our our county seat is Jasper and they've got. Just as many things yep. going on as we do. Terrific. Mayor Seitz and his team is doing many of the things that we're doing, and, and, and it's just an exciting time to be part of a rural community in our area. Yeah, it's exciting to be in Dubois County, and I'm, I'm, I just love going over there. <laughs> so um, so um, uh, thank you again, Mayor Spinner, for, for coming on and really telling a terrific story about a best practice and not to be afraid to, to roll the dice. Well, we, again, we, we've had a lot of, of breaks go our way, and we'll, sure. we'll recognize that. But we, but I think back to the point is we recognized who we were as a community. We did some lot of, of, of self-identification, and we're ready to take some, some chances and leverage the, the assets we had. And, and I think that any community, if you do that self-study and find out who you are, I think there's going to be reasons that you can leverage to, 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 to help grow your community. Terrific. Okay. Terrific. So... So we're part of the portion of the podcast where uh, what is Michael high on right now? Well, I'll tell you, I'm still high on this certain book. Uh, came out a long time. Uh, I don't want to say a long. Well, it did. It came out a long time ago called Boomtown. Um, it's by Jack Schultz. And uh, what Jack did is he took some best practices in, uh, in the country, and he uh, basically wrote just some small case studies on them. And uh, I also revisited a couple of those and, uh, and have a couple of additional communities uh, myself that I'm uh, either intimately uh, aware of or uh, or have uh, um, well that I'm intimately aware of and uh, have been there and, and have seen some of the transformation um, I'm high on Fairfield, Iowa which has a huge entrepreneurial uh, 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 base there um, it's driven by by university there but um, uh, when you go to Fairfield, Iowa it's, it's, it's really this small community and you drop into Fairfield and you see all of these international restaurants and all of these other sort of multicultural uh, pieces to it, and um, they have a great program for entrepreneurs. Um, Louisville, Colorado, uh, not to be confused with Louisville, Kentucky, but they call themselves Louisville, Colorado. Have come as they've come a long way. Um, they were once a rural community, but they've uh, they're now part of the Denver metro area. But uh, Louisville stands right in the middle between Denver and Boulder, Colorado, and they've had to um, diversify over the years, not just. Having uh, they've had a, a happy problem in that they've got too many too many people moving there because they've created such a quality of place, but they've been able to address the challenges. And you know when you read some of these uh, magazines about top fifty places to live, Louisville is in there, and uh, they've come up with some innovative and new ways. And then uh, uh, I want to talk about another community that uh, the mayor uh, and I know very well. It's uh, Rushville, Indiana, with Mayor Mike Pavey. Um, in in some ways. Um, uh, Mayor Mike Pavey and I, we go, we go back a ways, and um, it just seems that uh, they're doing a lot of great things. Because I know when I first went to Rushville, there was a lot of, um, I'll be frank, there was, there was, uh, there was not, um, 
uh, they're not where they once were mm-hmm. in 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 there. And uh, I think Mike Baby is uh, really kind of taking some templates, and he's kind of rolled the dice. And if you don't mind, I think he's kind of taking a little bit of a template of. of well, uh, you know, that goes back to the the stellar communities. It was was uh, you know what really uh, you know lit the candle, I guess, in, yeah. in Huntingburg and. We were we were designated as a stellar community in 2014. It's a competitive uh, process that you you go through this process and you're chosen. Right, for, there's only a finite amount of resources. There's, there's so, yeah. so in 2014, Huntingburg was a, was a stellar designee, and uh, Brushville followed two years later. Um, and Mayor Pavey and I were elected at the same time. Mm-hmm. Uh, we met each other at the very first newly elected mayor's meeting. Uh, that that our state uh, organization had to bring together newly okay. elected officials and and uh, we we met each other at that time and and kind of hit it off but but then uh, you know as things go we were all focused on ourselves but once once Rushville started thinking about the stellar process we became real partners I mean he came and talked to me we talked a lot and and uh, Mike identified some of the things the same things uh, you know you he had. He had problems. You know, he had he had issues that he had to solve, and, and he wasn't afraid to look at them. Yeah. And but he also looked at what are the resources we have, and what are the the you know there there's again there's a reason why Rushville was there to begin with. Yeah. Uh, well, how how do we find what is the heart of what why we're here, and how can we we build on that? And he's done a terrific job. Uh, we we talk on a regular basis, and uh, his challenges were completely different than mine. His assets were completely different than mine, but what we what we were alike in is we did did our own self searching of what is right for our community, mm-hmm. and I think that that, that the, the true leaders, the leaders that I've seen, I've been I've been fortunate to work with across the state of Indiana, the communities that are vibrant and are growing. I think that's a common trait. I mean, everybody who runs from to be mayor wants to do something. Right. There's a reason why you go to, for that office. And you believe in your community, or you probably wouldn't be seeking that office. But the guys and ladies that are making the true difference are the ones that can take the hard look at themselves and say, here's who we are, and what can we do that leverages everything that we have, the things that we can do well. Let's do, let's do really, really well. Good deal. Yeah. <laughs> well, and uh, in full disclosure, you know, Mike and I have known each other for years because he and I went through economic development school together. Mm-hmm. And I think part of um, what helps is having that sort of economic yeah. development background. Yes. And, um, um, you know, because that kind of teaches you kind of the dynamics of how to get some maybe the, the hardcore deals done, but also look at quality of place and, and where you might fit in on that. So, Absolutely. Um, so that's what I'm, what I'm really high on. And I do want to leave with a resource. Um, I'd like for uh, uh, listeners to also take a look at um, what's called the Elm Street program. A lot of people have... Uh, Main Street programs out there that are that are uh, focused on downtown revitalization, facade improvements, build out, entrepreneurship, but um, there's always that sort of tree lined street just off of downtown that also kind of needs some help too, and it could be a historic district here and there. Um, uh, look at the Elm Street program, uh, and um, uh, I think Pennsylvania's got a best practice with that. So. Um, again, Mayor Spinner, thank you again for uh, staying with us and, and uh, being there. What's your website one more time? www.huntingburg, H-U-N-T-I-N-G-B-U-R-G-I-N.gov. Great. And then I also want to mention that uh, you can find me on Twitter with W-T-H Mike Thyssen. Um, I'm also on Instagram, W-T-H Mike Thyssen. And then uh, our website is, of course, W-T-H Mike Thyssen.simplecast.fm. 
And I uh, want to also mention that this, is, uh, this podcast has been produced by Bill Stein and Amy Moore, part of the GST Podcast Network. Uh, be sure to check their podcast out, um, Control Art Delete, where they talk about education and technology. And I uh, also want to uh, say a shout out to um, Stephanie L. Will for doing the bumper. And uh, for that, I bid you farewell until the next episode. Thank you. And now we know what the hell Mike Griffin does. Jason Burton. Jason Burton, you're my hero.